0: It's Lamar Gibbs. Welcome to the Thoughts of Redemption podcast, where we celebrate the process of thought and God's hand in it. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening in to this newest episode of the Thoughts of Redemption podcast. I appreciate your love and support. Uh, this week has been a really good week. I was able to finish a vlog For the Thoughts He Changed series featuring my friend, Pastor Carl Day, uh, from Philadelphia. Um, He's a community activist as well. And he was able to share how God changed his way of thinking on changing our communities. And so if you haven't been subscribed to the YouTube channel or subscribed to the website, uh, I encourage you to go to ThoughtsofRedemption.com. It is the most recent post. Uh, to subscribe to the YouTube channel just uh, search for thoughts of redemption I'm still trying to get that URL and any in my creators I know what it is I know how hard it can be to get to that place um, so I'm still trying to get some subscribers uh, to get some to get to that place where I can get my custom URL uh, so I can give it out but once you search thoughts of redemption you'll be, you'll be able to see the logo uh, you'll be able to see the, the, the channel and you can subscribe there and watch the videos there I was also able to finish a a newest piece for growtheheckup.com, as some of you know, and if you don't, I am a contributing writer for growtheheckup.com. I also contribute uh, vlogs as of now and even whatever content that I can produce, but yes, I I am a contributing writer for that website, and so I was able to finish that piece, uh, which is going out next Tuesday. Um, if you're subscribed to the mailing list, you will receive notification when that post goes out. It, I send notifications for any type of content I'm producing basically, so you'll be able to know and, and, and hear of any content that I have. And so if you have not subscribed to that as well, um, gociredemption.com you can you can see the subscription pop up on the website. Um, I have to try to get a link together to to send you. Be a MailChimp because that's how I do it, but yeah, so just subscribe there and, 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 and you'll be able to be abreast of all the news and, and things like that. So it's been a pretty productive week for me. Um, enjoyed this week as well, and it's been really, really chill. But uh, before I get into the main part of this podcast, last week I said on the podcast that I wanted to give anybody that had any type of memories of NIAC and wanted to share. Wanted to give the opportunity for people to share their hearts, And so I'm going to play what I received. And once we play it, we're going to get into everything else. So keep it locked.
1: Hey, how you doing? My name is Joshua Washington. And um, I'm a former NIAC College student. And my biggest and greatest NIAC memory was... Um, when me and a couple of other students had went down to, um, I think it was the, the gas station down by uh, when you first entered the campus. And we um, just had finished playing basketball that night, me and like three, four other students. And um, we chipped in and helped each other buy food at the end of the night. It was like 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. Um, we just walked down to the gas station and, We helped each other buy um, some some snacks or whatever. We didn't have any money. You know, we were from the inner city, you know, um, any borough in New York City. I think most of us were from the city, New York City, to be exact. And um, that was my greatest memory because uh, we didn't know each other. And I felt like God was trying to put us together for a reason. And um, it sticks with me because that's something that... I'll never forget as a young 18, 19-year-old kid um, trying to obtain a college degree um, in a school. So, in a school that's far away from home, you know what I'm saying? So, that's something that will stick to me for a long, long time and I'm very happy that I was able to cherish that moment um, and everything that's going on with NIAC now. Um, I definitely, you know, whatever God has in store, um, just, just let it happen as long as he's doing the right things and things are beginning to, to unravel in his glory so all that matters man so just want to say that um, thank you thank you so much God bless you.
2: 2010 and I I really enjoyed Nyack. Um, Nyack was a, a home away from home for me and um, from HEOP 2020 um, um, 2006 and all the friends and all the family that we made and um, ASAP and um, the calf, and Simpson and Christy and Mosley and oh sky and computer science there's so many memories in Chapel love 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 love, love nayak um there was um this math teacher in Moon y'all know in Moon he used to always say um don't say you hate math say I like it a little bit and it kind of helped us get through it a little bit um but I absolutely love NIAC. I love that it's upstate. I love that it's not too close to home. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to miss it. And I really don't want to see it go. All right, later.
3: NIAC has helped me to form my own, View of God instead of what the church wanted me to view God like. Um, it helped me to critically think. Classes like Romans or New Testament or Old Testament, um, it helped me to form my own, just my own form of thought related to God and strengthen my relationship with the Lord. Go. I met my lifelong friends, some of them, at Nyack. Um, we got married together, had kids together. Well, not together together, but <laughs> together. Um, and formed lasting relationships. Um, go Warriors! So, my best memories from Nyack, obviously, would be the HEOP summer program, where I met most of my friends. And most importantly, just campus life, living with other people, campus activities, even though the campus was boring and dry, but we made it work. We made it what it was, and we had our own community. Also, highlights would be Old and New Testament lit. Those classes were amazing. And deeper life series. Also, Nyack helped me to step out the box like religion and my relationship with jesus and just be open to more experiences um definitely seeing god move on campus in various ways using different people and shout out to wanda both wandas they're amazing pastor kelvin just his whole family too um who else Dr. Ames, absolutely. Professor Delorme, basically all of our HIAP academic advisors. Dr. Owasu and his wife, amazing also. These are people who just can't be replaced.
0: All right, y'all, that was a few of my fellow NIAC uh, graduates people I attended NIAC with that was just sharing their heart on what took place when they went to NIAC some great memories and I think every one of you that uh, shared your hearts uh, for this podcast I, I really really appreciate it um, but to get into the topic for this podcast um, I was inspired after doing the NIAC memories podcast episode last week to get into the importance of Bible study and I wanted to get into it because if there's anything that's impacted my life. And as you heard from the testimonies before, um, the lives of others that attended NIAC was the way it helped us to approach the scriptures and to just approach our faith and to, to, to be a studious people, to be a people that seeks out the accuracy of the text, that seeks out to know the truth of what's in the text. And Bible study is, is one of the biggest ways that God uses Uh, to bring us understanding and to bring us uh, just to a place of sensitivity and a place of of enlightenment a place of truth uh, when we're trying to know the scriptures a lot of us come from different contexts in life a lot of us come from different places and and motivations and you know we experience whatever we, we experience and it may even impact how we view the scriptures but when we're able to approach the scriptures in the right way or at least approach the scriptures um in a way that it treats the text as it's supposed to be, be treated, you know, as, as a text that you can address it with. It helps us to glean a lot of things that we may not glean, um, in other ways. And so one of the first things I ended up learning when I went to Nyack college, um, in my intro to Christian fundamentals class, was this the practice of hermeneutics And and the definition of hermeneutics is the art and the science of biblical interpretation now that word hermeneutics is not a christian word even though i used it and said uh, uh, biblical interpretation but the word hermeneutics is actually a literary practice that is used to examine a text and to to learn what like the rules are of interpreting what was written how how to 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 um, see the audience that was written, to how to, to view the, the person that was writing, what was the purpose of this thing being written and, and how does the environment affect how we read it and all these kind of things is, is that art and that science of just interpreting any type of literary text. And, and that's really important because when we, when we approach the Bible, um, you know, when we call it the Bible and we say we read the Bible, but if you read the Bible, the word Bible is not in the Bible. Um, usually the term uses scriptures. And the reason why the word Bible is used is because that word actually stands for book. And the way you, I remembered it constantly was when I found out the Greek uh, translation of the word library and that Greek translation is bibliotheca. So it's basically if you wanna call it something that you can remember it by, I would just call it a house of books. So Biblioteca will basically be a house of books, you know, a library is a place where you find all kinds of books, whatever you want to find. And so when you want to go to the Bible, which is called, which is, and you want to go to the Bible, the scriptures that is called Bible, right? You, you discover that because it's a book, it contains books within a book. And then you're able to approach it knowing that is a a, a a consistent narrative that is displayed because God is the author, but there's also multiple books within that whole biblical, that whole Bible. Um, we have in our Canon 66 books. And so within those 66 books, you have poetry, you have historical narrative, you have apocalyptic literature, you have the wisdom literature, you have the letters or epistles as they're called, uh, that were written to churches and each genre of literature that's of the, that makes up the Bible has its own ways of discovering context of discovering, uh, phrases used, um, discuss, discovering patterns that you're looking for that has different purposes that was written to different audiences that was addressed to. And so Bible study helps to clear a lot of that stuff up because as we all know, the Bible was written thousands of years ago and that's not a problem for any of us if we trust in it, we believe in it. It may be for some people that may not trust in it because it's been long ago, but it's no problem for us because the author of the Bible is transcendent. So the Bible, the content would be transcendent, but the authors of the Bible were also human beings that were God breathed upon to write the words of scripture that weren't up to their interpretation, but they still had their personalities in it. They still wrote to a certain group of people that was alive. It wasn't like the Gnostic, gospels, which aren't real, real gospels, but they took names of, 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 of the real gospels that were written and they had no historical context. They had no type of thing. It was just a bunch of sayings. In contrast, we have the, the written word of God that was written in a certain historical context and written to a, a certain people in history from like the first century when it comes to the New Testament. And when you go to the Old Testament, you know, you deal with <clears throat> the Exodus and, and you deal with Israel and the nation of Israel and, and all of that stuff. And so it's written in specific context and into specific people and from specific people. And so you'll read things with culturally idiomatic expressions that are in it that's unique to those cultures and those time periods. And you'll read certain things. And if, if you don't research the historical backgrounds of terms and, 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 and usage of words and imagery, then sometimes you can lose the depth of the passage. So we deal with this, we deal with this, this, this two part nuanced thing. When it comes to the scriptures where we have the timelessness of the scripture, where you can pick up the Bible. Anybody can pick up the Bible. I picked up the Bible at five years old and I was reading the Bible. So you can pick up the Bible and read things in the Bible and you can learn the Bible is purposed. It is designed for you to grow when you read it. And so you can pick it up and it's a common understanding that you can, you can get from it. But there's also a layer of depth that is into it where when you study the scriptures and you learn the culture behind it and all these kind of things, it adds an incredible amount of value an incredible amount of depth to your life. It can protect you from teachings that may be decontextualized from the history and uses certain proof texts and use certain verses to communicate things that are, aren't really what God was intending to communicate through those, the Bible authors. And you can run away with things. That's why you get certain sects that will come out um, like the Branch Davidians and, and certain cults that will come out of things and and things that just things that can come up um, that can cause people to error and, and go astray and and to follow their own type of interpretations. Everybody got a different version of Jesus and, you know, all that kind of stuff that can be complex. But at the same time, God has made it us made it available for us to research and to, to know the truth and to know that the truth will set us free and it's available for everybody to have, no matter the level of education and all that. So I just give God praise for how he he designed the process to work. Of course, if it's on our own will, we would think of it, or we could imagine an easier way, but God is is wise in the way that he did these things. And so as we continue, I want to go into what the purpose of the Bible is. Before we even go into the ways of studying the scripture, I want to talk about the purpose of the Bible, because if a purpose of a thing is misunderstood, abuse is inevitable. And my pastor speaks of this often and even uh, Peter spoke about how Paul's words are hard to understand and untaught and unstable people twisted the scriptures to their destruction. And so when you know the purpose of the, of the scriptures, uh, it, it allows you to approach it in, in, in a, a correct way and, and it, it blesses you. Um, it's not just a rule book. You know what I mean? It's that, it's not just the basic instructions before leaving earth as, as some have said the Bible is to be. Um, uh, but it, it, it I believe that the purpose of the Bible is, to be an account of God's self-disclosure to man. Is it self-disclosure of God's thoughts, his heart, his thoughts about us, um, the way he created us, the history of him dealing with us and and, and interacting with us and just disclosing who he is and what he does and the patterns and the principles of God, the patterns of God's character uh, being displayed throughout history um, so that we all can know who he is and when we approach him, because even Jesus said the scriptures testified of him. It testifies of Jesus. It testifies of who he is. It testifies of what he did and it testifies of us and our relationship with him. And so that, that determines approach, you know, your attitude is going to determine your approach. And so when you, when you can read the scriptures and know who the character of God is, it'll determine the way that you can approach um, Jesus. And so that that's, that's one half of that purpose. The other half is to equip us to know and experience God. So the purpose of the Bible was for God to explain expose who he is and everything that he wanted to communicate with his will and everything. And then it was for us to receive that and to be equipped for every good work. Uh, Second Timothy three fourteen through 17 speaks about how all scripture was given by inspiration of God and that it is profitable. And I want to stop right there and speak about the profitability of, of scripture. That's something that the enemy attacks today. It's been attacking through every age about the, the meaning and the value and the purpose of the scriptures. And how profitable it will be, and even our own hearts can resist the scriptures, and then we talk, we can unconsciously demote or, or 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 diminish the value of the scriptures in our lives, and we really have to maintain a vigilant attitude in knowing where our heart is concerning God's word and God God Himself, um, and understanding that. It is profitable. The word of God is profitable. It, it, it leads you um, to, to just understanding. And, and, and the things that the scripture said that uh, 2 Timothy three fourteen and 17 says is profitable for, is for reproof, for rebuke, you know what I mean? For exhortation. And so that the man of God, men and women, the man of God will be equipped thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so the word of God equips us to be a uh, 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 people that do good works that glorify the Father. Reaches out to other people. Um, helps us how we treat our neighbors, how we love them, uh, how we speak out against sin, how we how we stand in righteousness, how we how we know what we stand for, the the pleasures of life that God is for. It, it just informs our worldview. and informs how we operate um, in the kingdom of God and as the people of God. And so, you know, it, it's 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 really important that we can understand the purposes of purposes of the scripture because it really impacts, <clears throat> excuse me. It really impacts how we uh, approach the scriptures and how we, we deal with the scriptures. And, um, like I mentioned, those different genres of poetry and, and epistles and prophecy, the apocalyptic historical narrative, just prose, And you know, there's all types of literary styles and uh, literary, uh, uh, um, practices if you will that are using each of those styles to communicate certain things like for example in the book of genesis you have what's called what which, which i what, which is what i learned tonight you have what is called a, a chiastic structure in, in in multiple chapters in genesis where it'll lit it'll list um one thing on the top and it'll list the same thing at the end of that chiastic structure so say you have Uh, A and you got A1 and then you got B, you got B1, C and then C1 and then the statements go back down. It's, it's, if I was to imagine in a diagram, um, um, the A, B and C will go down diagonally on the top and then, um you go back diagonally down the opposite way, you put the C1, the, the B1 and the A1. So it, it'll you'll see the the, the the opposite statements kind of match up together. The A matches with the A1, the B matches with the B1 and the C matches with the C1. That's just a kind of example. Hopefully I was able to de- describe it good, um, but you kind of start seeing the structures and how to communicate information. And this is very important because. it it illustrates what we're dealing with when we deal with another culture as well, because we're a written culture. So we're we're a a writer's first culture, where we have documentation, a lot more documentation and all that kind of stuff. But the Bible times when the word was written, it was an oral culture. So to communicate orally, there were certain practices that was made to have retention of information. Where you had literary devices and you had certain devices for communicating stories communicating narratives and accounts and so it it, is the bible's not going to read like a newspaper today where you have every you know you try to get as as most of the the the, uh eyewitnesses to to say the most amount of information possible so that we can get every single angle of the story and we can learn like we watch cnn all day we learn all the angles we have all the pundits speaking on what just happened and the situation and how to look at it but, you know, you have a different culture and a different way that it was presented. And so all of that has to be taken into account when it comes to, to studying the scriptures because it, it really has an impact on how you view it. And so, um, you know, the, 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 historic, the historical context of, of a book will impact how you read certain words in the book. Um, an example I would give of, give of this would be uh, Sarah and Abraham. Sarah called Abraham her lord. Um, that wasn't because she was subservient to him. It wasn't because he was more valuable than her. And yes, there was a patriarchal culture back then that existed, of course, but uh, still, um, Sarah wasn't less than Abraham. God spoke to Sarah, God spoke to Abraham. Um, God treated them as image bearers in his image, you know, male and female. So um, you know, they, they 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 were on the same level and, Sarah wasn't calling Abraham her Lord and Savior. We called Jesus our Lord, right? We say, Jesus, you're Lord. You're my Lord. Uh, Sarah called Abraham her Lord, but it means two different things in in a different context. And so, you know, once you're studying the Bible, you'll start to find that certain phrases that are used and things that are used historically. uh, You start to learn the deeper meaning of of things. And uh, like I said, there's different audiences when it comes to the scriptures. There's different audiences that are addressed. Paul... When he was writing letters was addressing churches that he had established as an apostle and he had elders and, and, and ministers and leaders that were in these churches in each of these cities uh, like ephesus and philippi and and rome and and all these other cities that paul ended up writing to um, of course you can't forget john john wrote letters to um first john second john you know third john they were letters written to to people. Uh, Peter, I wrote a letter to as as I'm remembering right now, first and second Peter, first and second Peter was written to Jews that, that were dealing with like persecution. So, you know, you have all these contexts that inform how you read certain passages so that you can learn the context, learn the interpretation, learn, you know, the right context and things of that nature. And then it informs how you apply it to today. Um, and so um, one example I would give in in, in in knowing your audience is when whenever you get the questions that people ask about Christians, why why y'all don't y'all don't follow the Bible? Y'all don't wear, y'all y'all keep wearing two fabrics, y'all, y'all, y'all cut y'all your y'all, y'all beards off and you you getting piercings and all this stuff. And the Bible says don't do that, right? But Bible study will help you clear things up because you can understand. Who the audience was, you can understand the context for certain commandments. Certain commandments were for for people. It came from God, of course, and it has a universal timeless principle to it, meaning to be set apart, right? Those things that were I just mentioned about those commandments, about the the the, 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 the two things of clone clothing, even the, the whole thing of not mixing a seed and all that stuff. Um, it applied for a specific audience. And so it's super important. You know, in your studies, that you grow and you glean and you learn about these things because it, it helps you to have more in-depth understanding and knowledge and awareness of of how how to to really approach the scriptures. Um, and 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 I mentioned earlier that hermeneutics is not a Christian thing, and I will give an example of that. Uh, Shakespeare, when you read Shakespeare in English class, Macbeth, any of these stories that you read, um, if you're going to read the Odyssey from the from from Homer. Uh, on the Iliad, right? From from Homer, from from, from, from Greece, right? The, the Greek writings and all that stuff, the Greek mythology. You know, there's different ways of reading Greek mythology than it is to reading a, play, a Shakespearean play, and, and and or to reading a novel. You know what I mean? And and there's different ways of engaging with that text uh, to draw out the meanings of certain things. There's certain words that aren't used as much anymore because English is a living language and things change, and so you start to study and learn how words are used back in that time. It's the same process that you have to do for your English class. You have to learn what words mean in certain contexts. And so just because the Bible is divine and it is authoritative, it, it's God breathed, doesn't mean that we don't have to practice uh, uh, literary integrity and learning what the literature says and learning what the context of what words are being spoken of, because it, it is something that will always have to be done because if you're writing in, in time and space, it's going to get locked in, in a certain time and space at times. So even with the Bible having a character of timelessness because it was written to a specific people, you, you have to practice gleaning from the text and learning historical nature of the text. And, um, so the ways of Bible study, there, there's many ways. I'll just give it a few ways. Um, but, uh, some of the ways to do it, some of my favorite ways, um, is by topic. So say you want to know how to pray you start looking up prayer. You get the Bible app, you have your your physical Bible. Your physical Bible definitely has it in the back and you can see the topics and and see what verses go to it. You've got Google, you have Bible Hub. You look up topics and it'll bring up verses and everything. And you can look up for prayer, you wanna look up for sin, you wanna look up for for romance, you wanna look up for righteousness, anything. Topical study is one of the best studies that you can do uh, to learn the scriptures. Um, one of my personal favorites, um, as well is is something that I need to do a lot more to be honest. Um, it's not something that I take time to do. I'm not going to say that I don't have time. I don't take time to do it and so I need to take time to study, but to do it by book. So you take, um, a book, you learn the history around the book. You learn the audience is speaking to. If you need to take out a pen and paper or use your, your notes app on the phone, whatever. You take down the notes of what you discover. Who wrote the book? Who was it written to? What was the time that it was written in? Why was the book written in? Was it to serve as an encouragement to persecuted believers? Was it to inform of what God was revealing? Like what what was being communicated in this book? And then you can dive in and you can uh, take time to study the book. Study its themes, everything that comes within it. Um, I did this study on the podcast. It was a second podcast episode where I did the study, um, uh, character study. You choose a character in the Bible. You see all the places where they are mentioned or every verse that's mentioned with it, every type of circumstance and situation they find themselves in. And you are able to do a character study on it and you can find out what's going on with the passages or what's going on with the character. And I did Peter and I explained how impulsive he is. and. How he, he's weak and he fails at certain things, and he kept having to get up and he kept being brought to shame because of his impulsive nature. You know, he embarrassed himself by saying he wouldn't deny Christ, denied Christ, Christ restored him, still went in the church, was a leader, able to preach to 3,000 people, still f- fumbling and stumbling and bumbling by acting shifty in front of the Jews, but then switching up in front of the Gentiles and, and, not, and being, you know, double minded and all that. You know, so, so you can read about these characters and you can demystify them in your eyes because just because they wrote perfect scripture doesn't mean that they were perfect people. So Peter was able to write first Peter and second Peter and still have issues that he had to deal with, have issues that he had to grow from, he had mindsets that he had to change, thoughts of redemption. God had to move in his thought life. God had to move in his life to change his way of thinking and to change his way of doing and being and understanding who he is, his identity and everything. God had to restore him, God had to move in him, and he was effective in doing that very, very thing. And so you can do character studies, David, Moses, Daniel, you know, how to how do, how do operate in a pagan environment. Daniel had to operate serving the Lord in a pagan environment, and that's actually a lot of us today. We're serving in, in a pagan environment. America's not a Christian nation. It never was and it never will be and any other place that we live in, we're living in a pagan nation. And so how to navigate when they have different practices that are, are, are antagonistic to the scriptures, different practices that, that diminish, that disregard the scriptures. How do you navigate yourself as a faithful believer in a place? So chapter studies are awesome. If you don't have the, the feeling of, of the comfortability yet of studying books, you can break them down by chapter. You can do a chapter a week, and just glean everything that you want to glean from the chapter, do anything that you want uh, to glean from the chapter what's being in it. And of course you can do genre, uh, epistles. You can read all the epistles that has ever been written uh, from, from Peter and then from Paul and, and from John. And you can stick with those and, and, and read them as letters, read them throughout, read them out loud. Um, when the letters were originally written, it was sent to a church and the church read it out loud in community. And so you can try that. You can read it out loud. You can get together with believers and read it out loud together and it's just see how thoughts and ideas flow together and to see how, how things were connected together and, and ideas were, were kind of uh, 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 communicating and you can kind of get a, a sense of what they experienced in trying to understand the text and understand what God was revealing. And so there's so many ways of studying the scriptures. Um, I pray that this, this short type of, explanation of, of different types of study and and understanding the scriptures and all that kind of stuff will encourage you um, and in, inspire you and will inv- reinvigorate your love and desire for the Word of God uh, we're living in a time in an age where Um, people lack the vision that the word of God provides and, and many people are perishing in our communities in our neighborhoods. They don't have an understanding of themselves as the image bearers of God. They don't understand the victory that they have received in Christ. Um, there's a lot of people that are relying on the traditions of their own church and doing things in that way and getting defensive and being challenged about the truth. And they need to be comfortable with seeking the word of God because the word of God is a living word. It's not a dead letter. There's a living word that is sharper than any double-edged sword and is able to pierce between the, the soul and the marrow and is able to d- be a discerner of the heart. It, it reveals what's in it because the word of God brings, breathes light, it, it sheds light. The word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It's also a light into your heart. It really sheds light into what's going on in your heart and, and allows you to, to really examine yourself and where you are. And I just encourage you to approach the word of God eagerly with humility uh, to approach it, knowing that the spirit of God is for you learning the word of God. Uh, The spirit of God is for you um, understanding the word of God. The spirit of God is for you growing in love with the Christ that it testifies to because the spirit wrote it through men, through apostles, through prophets, through Kings, through, teachers, through shepherds and all different types of people from all different types of socioeconomic background and, and inspirations and all that kind of stuff, just to communicate his heart to you um, and just to communicate how to interact with the Lord of hosts, to interact with Christ. And to live life and to interact with the world at large that needs the love of God. And so I encourage you in your studies. I pray that the Lord bless you in them. I pray that the Lord keep you in them. And I pray that he strengthens you by the power of his might. To love and to delight in his precepts and his laws and his commandments. Everything that he's said and done. His wisdom, his understanding. Cling to it. uh, Glean from it. Grow in it. I just pray that this is my heart. And I'm going to tell y'all, man, this is the third time I literally recorded this. And I know the enemy doesn't want this to get out because it took me three different times to record this. And so may this be a blessing to you guys. I, I, I appreciate everybody that has shown love, that has listened in. Shout out to Nayak once again for, for being a blessing into my life and into the lives of many of my friends and everybody there. Um, continue to keep up with Thoughts of Redemption. If you wanna email me for anything, any advice or, or that you want, or you wanna leave any encouragement, anything, um, thoughts of Redemption at gmail.com. If you wanna support the podcast, anchor.fm slash thoughts redemption slash support and you can actually donate financially um with a recurring monthly donation it could be anywhere from 99 cents to 5.99 and to 9.99 there's three tiers that you can do uh, to support if you want to do paypal you can do that as well we, and you want to do cash we, we can talk that but but aside from all of that if if you any encouragement, anything, email me, uh, follow me on all platforms, YouTube thoughts of redemption. You can search that up again. Uh, Instagram thoughts of redemption, Facebook page, search thoughts of redemption. It'll be right there and Twitter underscore T O redemption. Remember as always that you need to enjoy the process of thought and God's hand in it. This is, the, this is the purpose of thoughts of redemption for us to enjoy the process of thought and God's hand in it. Uh, God bless y'all.